An old friend stops by to give his main takeaway on the Charlotte Hornets this season. The NBA honors Michael Jordan again. And Steven Jackson had some funny comments about the old Bobcats days. We'll discuss all of it on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's promo code, that's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. You can get us anywhere you listen to your podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Doug Branson. You can catch his work on everyhornetsboxscore.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see that Nada, the producer of Ion College Basketball, is here. And you can find him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. Uh, Doug put out the uh, bat signal, or this in this case, Hornet signal. And I was like, mm-hmm. yo, you know what? You want to talk about college <laughs> basketball players? And I was like, you know what? That's all I watch these days. Let's I do put out this. the I put out the women Yama signal. I need we need some <laughs> draft takes on this podcast after what we saw this weekend. Yeah, Nada, can you give yeah. us some answer on the women Yama signal, or are we going to have to start looking at the Nick Smith and the Brandon Miller signal? Y'all both know better than to think that I don't actually. You don't know me. Is actually, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Sir, how dare you? Like, you got your one thing. You got a full-time job. You're asking for too much there when you're asking for Victor Wembanyama to show up. So I am. Uh-uh, I'm asking. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'll take Scoot. That's fine. We can go for Wimby. We can go for Scoot. But we'll also talk a little we bit about know, some of the- we, we know we're not getting Scoot either. Come on now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stop. Negative Nada is back. Stop it. Yes, well, I am I, back. I want a shot. Hey, well, maybe we can get some Lamello luck this time with either a Wimby or a Scoot. But also, there are plenty of other prospects to talk about. Nada will help us do that in just a moment. But first, we need to go to you and get your main takeaways on the season, this recent stretch, maybe this weekend, Steve Clifford's comments. You know, the Hornets, they keep losing. Um, This is, what is it, a five-game losing streak now for the Charlotte Hornets. They've been losing quite a bit lately. And I feel like this weekend, Nada, my takeaway was that it was kind of the most indicative of just, not that it was tank mode, but that they're doing all they can. Like, there's just nothing else they can do without the healthy bodies. Steve Clifford knows it. He comes in post-game, kind of throws his palms up in the air. This is what we have. We don't don't rebound defensively well enough. That's something we can fix. That is within our control. Um, We don't get back in transition these days. That is within our control. But admits, for sure, that the scoring, maybe not so in their control with all these guys out. I just, at this point... I don't understand being upset at this team very often because like they're they are what they are. We're talking about a team minus four of four rotation guys, five if you count Miles Bridges, who's not going to be on the roster this year until much later, probably. I just I don't see the uh, the point in getting upset at them. At this point, I am I'm resigned that this team is going to probably make a late push, win more games than people would probably like them to win. And at the same time, this is just the suck that you have to embrace because quite honestly, like what you expect them to do outside of that, the the things that they can control, there's a lot more than that we can control that this team can control. And I might start at the fact that, Hey, Mason Plumlee, 
kind of has been the best center on the roster. And I don't want to be the one to say that, but <laughs> like, there's a reason Nick Richards keeps coming off the bench, and I don't think we keep it. I don't think we're addressing it yet. And I, I, it's just one of those things like that. Every time I see it in my mentions, when are they going to start Richards slash play Mark Williams? I just want to tell them look at the film. Like Nick Richards doesn't rebound well does not play the pick and roll well. And we want him to start and play 30 minutes for a team that is clearly going nowhere, at least right now, but wants to teach good tape at least. Nada is somebody that is wanting people to address this. Doug, I know you too were wanting to address the Nick Richards situation. You had some thoughts on the center rotation. Well, I just think we're, we're a long way away from those first couple of games to open the season where Nick Richards looked absolutely dominant. I mean, he was yeah. a 20 and 10 guy for, for, a, for a week and a half. And, and all of that's gone away. And I think it is, you know, his minutes have been cut into because of the defensive rebounding issues, because of the, of the defensive issues, that Nada was alluding to there, but also when he is in the game, his offense has gone away. I was looking this up on cleaning the glass against top 10 defenses this year. His points per shot attempt uh, is in the 29th percentile compared to his overall points per shot attempt, which is above average, somewhere sitting in the 60 to 70 percentile range, but he's doing it all against weak defenses. And his, his points per shot attempt from the start of the season through November 23rd, right before Thanksgiving, was 134.7. That's the 85th percentile. But since the, in the past nine games from November 23rd to now, it's 122, which drops him to below average. So his offense, his offensive production has also dropped off as well. And like to me, this should have been so easy for him to take Mason Plumley's job away because he's the young prospect. They've invested. They're going. You know, they've they've invested draft capital into him and acquiring him. And it could be a success story, whereas Mason Plumley is somebody that they called in as a mercenary, and that mercenary couldn't shoot free throws all of a sudden, and they're not obligated to him after this season. So it should have been just so easy for Nick Richards to come in and outperform expectations, and and it, he did it to start, but now that's all gone away. So not a, if we go to the positive, can you find anything? Can you? What do you? Can, can yeah, you when you watch the these games, yeah, when you watch these games, not a. Like, what are you holding on to when you watch? Because, look, there are a lot of games left. People need something to hold on yeah. to. We can't we can't just dream about the draft. What are you holding on to? Quite honestly, I hope they keep Kelly Oubre. Like, Kelly Oubre and yeah. his play. And I don't know if this is one of those contract things, but I, feel, I kind of feel like Kelly Oubre's play has been kind of awesome. Also, high key, te- Terry... Rogier's playing really, really good basketball. It's just that he has Kelly Oubre as his only road dog. Those, like, you want to see inspired basketball? You watch those two guys go up against eight, nine guys a night because no one else is really a threat to score at this point. And it's very, very admirable. You want to watch old westerns with the old where we have great drama and everything else, but the protagonists die? Watch Hornets basketball right now. Because it's a really, really good story. Because those guys are doing a lot. I'm worried they're going to burn themselves out before help comes, before the cavalry arrives. But at the same time, it's a very admirable thing that they're doing on a night-to-night basis at this point. Yeah, I want to give Kelly his credit at the same time. As far as keeping him, 
I do want to go to Anata Edwards tweet where it's contract year Kelly Oubre. Like how much of, yes. of a fear is is that surrounding the Oubre aura and how much of that is actually, you know what, he's kind of going past that. This is someone that you should keep. And I don't. I mean, I don't know for how much money, but I imagine it's, you know, it's certainly something that is going to um, it's certainly bigger than it was than the 12 million that he signed. True. But uh, like at this point, you have very few adults in the room. And if we ad- acknowledge the transition from Tsunami Poppy to Tsunami Father, you're going to need that vet in the room. We've seen this often where you don't have enough. This team has not had enough adults in the room. And if you're going to tell me that this is going to be a transition, if Gordon Hayward's not here, it's just Terry Rozier as the adult. And I'm not so sure I'm ready for that to be a thing right now. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to need another adult at some point. And I think there's no better than Kelly Oubre at this point. Uh, there All are right. more report. There are more reports starting to trickle out that teams are interested in, you know, acquiring some of these pieces, including Terry Rozier, uh, Kelly Oubre, you know, not really so much Gordon Hayward anymore because of, because of the shoulder injury. But throw P.J. Washington in there. I mean, of all of these guys, who would you be, I guess, most disappointed in seeing? Uh, would it be Kelly Oubre? Would you be most disappointed in seeing him being moved at at or before the trade deadline? P.J. It, it'd be P.J. Because I think for all of P.J.'s struggles offensively and inconsistencies offensively, defensively, he keeps together so much. And I'm not so sure that if you trade a P.J. Washington – Unless you're getting back like a blue chip rookie prospect, I'm not sure it helps you. Like, I, and I say this as someone that doesn't want that is intrigued with the idea of James Wiseman being here, but at the same time, not for a not for a PJ Washington. If you're trading a PJ Washington, it better be for Jonathan Kaminga or some or a, or a prospect on that level where you know there's a clear upside and you know what he's going to be eventually. But if you're going to do it for anything like a James Wiseman, no thank you. I, we have Mark Williams for that. Yeah, I know Golden State is a team that was referenced by Zach Lowe, you know, and that's it's just it makes sense, right? Because Golden State could be looking for some more help from a veteran and there are trades that might make sense for Charlotte. But uh, yeah, PJ Washington was mentioned that. So good point to bring up Golden State. All right, that's not Edwards. He's going to hang around with us for a little bit longer coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet not is going to help us with the college game doug and i have not done our homework on college prospects yet that's exactly why we put out the bat signal to bring in one nada edwards because he is the producer of ion college basketball this episode is brought to you by prize picks how it works is that you can pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch really all of them are included nba nfl men's and women's college basketball soccer yes even disc golf euro basketball and cricket so many other leagues so many other sports that you can offer projections on 
Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and even Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. Sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks uh, gives you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. More Nada Edwards, college prospect, coming up next. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I, I think you guys are kind of being a little hard. Wow. In, they, they are, uh, again, and this is me trying to be Mr. Positivity. Uh, which it's is weird. really not my role, but they're, they're this is yeah. The turntables have definitely turned here. This is yeah, not. This is absolutely not your role. And in fact, I think leaving this podcast uh, has has turned you into a completely different person. When it comes <laughs> You've to changed, man. So You've so changed. what I'm saying is, I think we should discredit whatever you're about to say, even before you say it. Go ahead. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. All right, Nada, you mentioned that you just don't feel positive at all about the opportunity to go get (laughs) Wimby or Scoot Henderson for the Charlotte Hornets team. Who are the prospects that we should be paying attention to? The first two, three, handful, however many you want to give us. Who are the guys that come to mind? First one I would probably be remiss to mention would be Cam Whitmore of, of Villanova. He's got a – he started off the season hurt, came on, has been absolute gangbusters, reminds me a little bit of Kawhi, plays offense, has the jump shot, has everything together. And to me, he's the number three guy. He's the number one non-scoot, non-Wembenyama guy. Next guy that we're talking about is Brandon Miller out of Alabama, a wing that reminds me a little bit of Paul George. Plays really, really good defense. Jump shot is there as well. 6'9", allows, adds some defense and some length to a roster that clearly needs it. Third is Keontae George out of Baylor. Baylor, um... I thought Keontae would be a better scorer than he was this year. He's not been, but at the same point, I don't think the college game is conducive to his skill set. He's going to be a very interesting wing should they have the chance to draft him. And then also finally to to (laughs) fill out the wings, Nick Smith Jr. would be your fourth out out of Arkansas. He may end up being the best of this class, but also came in injured, also comes through. I think he's like, you're not going to have a guy that you miss with this class. I think that's the one thing we have to understand. If you don't get a Wembenyama or you don't get a Scoot Henderson, you are going to be fine because why? This class is basically filled with can't miss guys like that. It might end up being a 2003 level class where you're going to have multiple Hall of Famers up and down up and down the draftable list. So it's one of those where you can start watching college basketball. You can start watching these guys and start scouting because clearly you're in need of hope. And this is where the hope is eventually going to come from. 
Oh man, I'm sweating after that. That was so intense. That was just unfiltered draft analysis one after the other. You got to the third prospect and I was already excited. And then you went to the fourth one and I'm like, he is taking it up a level for Loco. I was going nuts. That was amazing. Thank you, Nava. You're very but, welcome. <laughs> but, 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 but. I'm not gonna get. Yeah. You, I'm not gonna let you get away with avoiding some Victor and Scoot talk because the people need the hope. They need the mm-hmm. idea that that Victor or Scoot could end up in Charlotte. And here is is my question that I have about these two because I've I've watched. They're really the only two prospects that I've watched on the NBA app because they alert me every time yeah. that Victor or Scoot have a bowel movement. The the NBA.com app yeah. lets me know about it. Absolutely, yeah. But like, watch as soon as I tune in. It's so funny. Like every time I tune into one of those, the, Victor or Scoot immediately do something amazing because they're really like the the only thing on their team. And so like the ball immediately goes to Victor, and he runs full court. He gets a block, runs at full court, and then takes a step back jumper. And it's just incredible. But here's my question: Is there anything left to find out about these two, or are we just oh. simply coasting? And, and, and there's really nothing left for everyone to understand about these two individuals. The only, the only guy I might put up there with, with at least Scoot might be Cam Whitmore. And I stress, yeah. might. I would hesitate to put, like, like Victor's in his own class. Let's, let's be real here. So there's that nothing, guy, we don't need to know anything else about Victor. Are there any injury concerns? Are there any personal no. personality concerns are we are we but we everyone's just sure about everything with victor the only thing from a charlotte specific perspective you got to remember this victor and uh former hornet nick batum are very very close <laughs> yeah it's amazing yeah well so, i mean but, we but, can't but hold that, that. you Clifford, can't hold though yeah you can't hold that against them but we have Steve. I'm not Clifford. holding it against him. I'm um, not holding no, it against no. him. But. It, no, I'm telling you, this is an enhancer. If it was James Borrego, then maybe it would be a deterrent. But we have Steve Clifford back, and Fair. the and Michael Jordan paid the man. So look, I as far as I view it, I think it's a good thing, and I think this will help mend the fences between the fan base and Nick Batum. I probably not speaking no, for Nick no, Batum on no. that, but maybe for the my fan mentions base. will my mentions will call you a liar. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, when I watch Victor, I don't see passivity at all. I see someone no, who not. every time he steps on the floor wants to completely dominate everyone else. Can, can we? My my favorite thing about Victor Wembanyama, watching him besides all the crazy crossing up at seven four on the perimeter and then doing finger rolls from fifteen feet out. Besides all that insane stuff, my favorite thing is that he can guard the pick and roll by himself, and he doesn't Ooh, need buddy. another person. It's oh, it's oh, freaking crazy. I mean, my God, he, that he's, man! He's guard, he's guarding the whole paint. It's crazy. Like well, I've never seen anything like it. And we flirt with this with Giannis, but when yeah. there's a pick and roll at the top of the key, women Yama actually spreads his wings out and he is mm-hmm. guarding every possible amount of space yeah. that you were hoping to infiltrate as an offensive player. Sorry, Wimby's there. It's nuts. It's Absolutely it's one nuts. it's one thing to clear out an ISO on offense, but Victor Wembanyama is like calling for the ISO D. Like I've got <laughs> this. Everyone get out of the way. Like what do we do? Just go like, stand like, in the like corner. That dude I, is a stick of dynamite. It's crazy. Um like, what like, about he takes so, your pick and roll plan? 
I, and I yeah. even feel like you're right with Wimby being in his own class. We focus on him as my excitement just shot through the roof talking about him. But man, how how far away? So you're saying Cam Whitmore is like barely maybe in the same stratosphere if you make enough case. But ultimately, it's yeah. Scoot Henderson. How would he be Hornet specific? Scoot is different because Scoot moves LaMelo off ball. And I think you have a chance for a Dame Lillard slash um, CJ McCollum type backcourt with those two. Except Scoot is a much more explosive scorer than CJ McCollum ever was and has and is very, very, very lethal off the bounce. And it's one of those things that you can get very excited for because then you're talking about in that case, you're probably moving Terry Rozier off the bench. Like, that's one of those... At, at some point, you're talking about the next evolution of backcourt. And if you have a Scoot LaMelo backcourt, it's probably going to be the best backcourt in Charlotte Hornets history by a very, very clear margin. The one other guy I do want to mention right quick, because I know people are probably screaming from again at the screen that i'm forgetting about them we can't forget about the thompson twins down in um overtime elite osar and amen thompson they're good they're very athletic they have nba bodies i have questions on whether they can shoot and the last thing that the hornets need is another guard that cannot shoot so if we're going to talk about those guys like they're in the conversation of being very, very dynamic, very, very top of the first round, top of the lottery guys. They just got to be able to shoot. And I haven't been, I haven't seen it yet from, from, from either one of them. And I'm, I have concerns about that. Yeah. Well, it's crazy that you say that. Cause like that to me, that would not have been a problem after last season. It's like, well, I got plenty of guys yeah. that can shoot. They're one of the best three point shooting teams in mm -hmm. the league, but this season <laughs> that all has gone away in a really strange way. So it, it looks like they actually do need to add some shooting for the future. Um, last thing before we move on to talking about how the NBA honored Michael Jordan. We honored Paul Silas yesterday, just kind of having a segment talking about all of his accolades, his accomplishments, and it's an unbelievable basketball life that guy lived. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you actually look at all the stories about all the people that he was involved with, um, I, mean, I, I was I mentioned this yesterday on WFNZ, and I don't think I mentioned it here. It was somewhat reminiscent of Rick Bennell's passing in the way that I didn't I, I didn't yeah. expect the entire basketball lifers to honor said person, right? I mean, the entire NBA sent their condolences to the Bennell family, shared their stories, the jump on ESPN at the time, Mike Breen during a playoff broadcast. Like I, it gave me chill bumps. It is kind of now how everybody came together to honor Rick Bennell. I, I, I knew Paul Silas had an impact with coaching LeBron James, right? Being with the Boston Celtics for sure. But everybody, even the Twitter nerds that you follow on social media were also saying, man, this is a really tough one. And, and I, I am happy that it seemed like people understood the gravity, Nada, of, of Paul Silas's passing, which which I hope that at least, and, and at least with my timeline, my little my little world, I did feel like people understood the gravity. If you wanted to share some Paul Silas thoughts. Paul Silas, uh, like I told you um, in pre-show, like Paul Silas was, is the, probably the greatest Charlotte Hornets coach ever. 
coached the most successful run of the Charlotte Hornets. He is one of the greatest ambassadors of the Charlotte Hornets brand right after Dell and Muggsy. You're talking about a guy that would, like Walker, I know, Walker and Doug, y'all know, like you would see Paul Silas at these games all the time. He would happily talk to you, happily like share some ball, happily give you a fist bump while he's going to get his popcorn from the popcorn machine. Oh, it's so cool. Man, so cool. That man loved him some, some Charlotte Hornets popcorn. And to be honest, <laughs> I understand because it was really, really dope. Um, but I just remember the funny thing is, and there'll be those locals around that I'll know what I'm talking about. He is one of the most obvious Costco shoppers or that Tyvola Costco, where you would just see him and his wife go down, grab what they need, like, and, and happily chat up anybody. Like people would come up to him all the time. He was such a gracious, gracious man. And the Charlotte NBA community is poor for him not being around. The NBA is poor for not be, being around. It's just an overall loss that I don't think we can actually measure. At yeah. This point. Yeah. Um, and, and the Charlotte Hornets, they get this thing right. When they, when they honor people, they, they always yeah. get it right. And I, I'm, I'm hoping to see something there. And they, they of course released a statement. Michael Jordan did himself, but I'm interested to see if there's anything else on the horizon. Okay. Paul Silas thoughts, draft prospects, We'll move on. Speaking of Michael Jordan, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. The NBA decides to honor Michael Jordan in a huge way. We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, every professional or amateur league out there if you love sports podcasts you can find those on bet online as well we're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info head to the website today use your mobile device to learn more as well bet online where the game starts more from not edwards coming up next locked on hornets this is locked on hornets to start this off we all know about lebron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare by the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wow. Oh, no. It is oh, no. mock draft season <laughs> oh, already, no. even though it's the regular season. And I've got a special 2023 NBA mock draft courtesy of Tankathon. And looky, looky, Hornets get a cookie, the number one overall pick, and they select Victor Wibanyama. <laughs> oh, boy. Where would this rank on the all time moments in Charlotte basketball <laughs> professional history? Because can you imagine, Doug, like, what do we do on the show after that? What, what What's going on? Because I, I, dressing, I imagine what I'm not doing as those French artists. I, I'm telling you what I'm not doing, wearing clothes. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> Doug, it's weird you say that. For some reason, I just had naked thoughts, too. Like, I just felt like I was going to take my clothes off. I don't know. Explode. This is one of those two America things, isn't it? It probably is. I don't know why I, mean, I decided this, to get this, naked. This is but absolutely I was, two, two Americas. And I usually like, don't have that desire, but but Wimpy makes be you want to get naked, well, let's, man. Yeah, let's go the other way. We could just wear the B costumes. Um, well, I'd rather, well, I'd I got a better idea. <laughs> I, I, I got a better idea for you guys. 
So okay. why don't you guys dress, you know, those like mimes with like the hats and the chapeaus and like the black and white, the black and white uh, face makeup. You yes. guys should do that for okay. if, if they end up like those, be a French mime. You might French as well. Mime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, yeah, totally. You're, you're with the blush. Is that you're talking about? Yeah, I got what you're yeah, I'll dress up as yeah. a croissant. I don't care. A croissant do from Burger King. <laughs> Very French. Oh, dude, those were so good. When my mom would drive me by Burger King for breakfast before I oh, go to boy. school. Oh, yeah, that's where Fat Walker comes in. But oh, who cares? Boy. It was delicious. All right, Nada, let's talk about Michael Jordan being honored by the NBA. So the association has decided to name the MVP trophy after michael jordan and doug i know you have a lot of interesting tasty nuggets about this michael jordan mvp trophy well i don't know how interesting they are i'll let the audience be the judge of that so uh but it is, it is named after michael jordan and it do, it doesn't look like michael jordan though and i think a lot of people will initially be confused by that because some of the other trophies that they also renamed do feature likenesses of, of that person like Wilt gets one with the famous like you know basketball wingspan look that that Wilt had that picture of him so but this one doesn't look like Michael Jordan and apparently according to the person that created the trophy that was Michael Jordan's specific request that it not look like him that the that somebody that wins this trophy be able to see themselves in the trophy and not see Michael Jordan. And I think that's probably the right move as somebody who's still living. You know, if, if you know, with Wilt, it's different. He's, he's gone. And so it's, it's honoring him. And, and so, you know, I, I think it's, it's more about that. But I think MJ makes the right call. Not very MJ-like, I think, or at least what we think MJ's like, you know, in terms of what we saw in the documentary. But he decides not to go with his likeness. What do you think about that? Honestly, this is one of those that it's I, – I, I'm shocked that um, Michael Jordan chose to be say, be the change you want to see That's in right. basketball with an MVP trophy, considering, again, like you said, it's one of those – I'm not – again, it's always been about him. He's also been so hands-on, so, like, controlling of his image that he kind of, like, basically let it go and be like look i don't care that much as long as it doesn't fully look like me so if that that should be a sign like hey hornets fans this guy may be letting go of the the reins and he may let people actually run their jobs and not make full personnel decisions who knows there you go that may that may be the one step of hope shining light ray of hope that i give you on this podcast (laughs) but um but i do find it interesting i do think that people are going to be yelling about these awards and saying they're done for whatever reason i'm i think they're cool and i hope people just try and enjoy them instead yeah. of like thinking them to death i think it's a good looking trophy walker i mean it's it's a it's a basketball player in in gold reaching up for a crystal basketball that is 23 point faceted uh, a nod to his jersey number and that uh, players like coming out of sort of this rock formation. So it's supposed to represent, you know, the, the refining process that that one goes through in, in their multiple seasons in the NBA before achieving the regular season MVP status. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good looking trophy. It honestly, Walker, it reminds me a little bit of an Oscar, you know, I, you, the, the way you would hold it and, and the, the way the person is is uh, set in it. So what do you think? You like this trophy? 
Yeah, no, yes. And I think you were talking about, yeah, we could name it the Oscar Robertson, but then it's weird because it's Michael. So yeah, it's maybe not an Oscar. It's supposed to be the Michaels, um, which also sounds like a pretty good award show. No, I, I do like it. The, the crystal basketball is weird until you realize that it's angled to or it's pointed to uh, a place where it does honor yeah. Michael because it's 23. What is the word that you were using? 23 it's what? 23 point faceted crystal ball. Yeah. It honestly, it reminds me yeah. of like those old school N64 games where the polygons, we hadn't <laughs> yes. really mastered the 3D yet. And so, yeah, it looks like one of those sort of polygon balls. Yeah. There, the, it's also angled at 15 degrees to signify the 15 years Michael played in the league. It oh, also looks weighs. Like you've been studying up. It's also 23.6 pounds. Is that right? Which is, that's kind of heavy, you know? So you got a heavy trophy, but also that is to signify Michael's um, number and the six championships that he won. It's heavy, but my my baby right now is over 20 pounds and I've got to carry her around. So, you know, let's let's think about me here, I think. Uh, it's also 23.6 inches. So it's it's both height and weight representing the number of championships and his jersey number. Uh, so, yeah, all these little little kind of uh, nods to him without it looking like him. I, th I think it was the right call, and I think it's a good-looking trophy. It is the right call, and it's because Michael Jordan is, you know, in my opinion, the best basketball player of all time. And when you look at Michael, it's understandable you know that the NBA would honor him. Michael Jordan! <laughs> as the MVP, and it's because Michael Jordan – was able to do some crazy things, not only in his career, but also in his tenure <laughs> owning the Bobcats slash Hornets. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but Steven Jackson was sharing these comments on a Barstool podcast where Steven Jackson talked about the 2010 season. Now, I believe this was after their postseason appearance, but Gerald Wallace, Steven Jackson, those were the two leaders of that Bobcats team. And Steven Jackson told a story about how Michael actually came to practice was angry at all the players for playing so soft and not playing well at all. He suited up for the second team in practice and beat them and beat the first team. Steven Jackson said this, right? Who was on said first team with Gerald Wallace. And as Steven said, <laughs> it's not like they had some scrubs on that particular squad. Yes, Bobcats have had some scrubs before, but that one, it wasn't particularly bad. And Michael Jordan did beat the first team playing with the second team pretty crazy. And so now we need to dig deep. Like some of the other interesting facts, like what else should we be asking here? Nada? like first things first, I want to know, like, where's Matt Carroll? We need to talk to Matt Carroll. Matt Carroll played 54 games on the squad. Was he the guy that was that Mike told, yo, look, you know what? You sit this one out. I'm going to go handle this right <laughs> quick. Oh, like, because question. you got, you got like, there's that. There's the who was the coach at the time, because we don't know if this was Larry Brown. We don't know if this was Paul Silas, who was in there trying to rehab stuff. We don't know <laughs> when this was. This could have been January, like right before they decided to pull the plug on the thing and trade Gerald Wallace and in, in, in trade Gerald, Gerald Wallace in that deal. Like there's a lot of these questions of like, I'm very, very fascinated at this point. What was Gerald Henderson doing? What was Gerald Henderson thinking at this point? And, and more importantly, just like what happens after he dunks the ball and leaves? Like what, what's the vibe like in there? Yes, it's that's, just like, a, that's, that's a good point. Like he, that's the dude that's signing your checks. He may decide to be, basically stop payment or something like that mm -hmm. at that point.
Yeah, that would be my question. Was this one of those situations? Have you ever seen these videos of like Vladimir Putin playing hockey against the national team, and they're like letting him score because yes. it's like if I if I check this guy, uh, I'm probably going to die. <laughs> like I'm probably yeah. some yeah. some you know FSB agent is going to take me in the back and kill me. And so is that kind of the situation too? Where now you would think though, Stack Jack wouldn't do that. He'd have too much. He'd have too much pride. He makes love to pressure. That's not kind of his vibe but you don't know about the rest of the first team. My other question would be, was he playing with or against Kwame Brown, <laughs> the player that he drafted with the Wizards and then brought over, brought over to the Bobcats? I would, I would be interested to know that if I could, if I could ask Stack Jack uh, that question. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at this roster, they didn't. They didn't have a bunch of scrubs, you know, it, it, depending on when they were playing. So, you know, Larry Brown – gets off to that 9 and 19 start and then they fire him. So I'm going to assume that this happened after that. It's one of these situations like the boss fires the coach and then comes down to give everybody a pep talk, but it's in the form of dunking and shooting all over. Him. <laughs> um, but this team, now I'll say this, I was looking up their stats. If you think the Hornets are miserable at offense this season, this team yeah, uh, finished the season averaging 93.3 points per game. That was second to last in the entire NBA. Uh, their offensive rating was 103.4. So if you think the Hornets are bad at offense now, you you don't you don't know bad offense until you talk about some of these Bobcats teams. Which goes which reminds me, Colin asked me about this on WFNZ the other day about if I remembered the time when the Hornets would give away a discounted pizza if they scored 90 points and I said, do mm -hmm. I remember I lived off of the half off pizza deal <laughs> mm -hmm. in college? I ate pizza all the time because even those Bobcats teams before I got to college, they were scoring 90 points. So they were always scoring 90. And if they didn't, then it was brutal. I was like, all right, I got to go to oodles and noodles tonight. That, that, I'm telling you, I lived off of that deal just to go to show you how easy it was to attain for the Hornets. Well, that Not mind you, shout it, out. It, it, go ahead, go ahead, Nana. Yeah, shout out to the uh, ticket deals and the easy upgrades that you could get for like five dollars at that at that Correct. point. Correct. Because we'd have like I we'd have two hundred level seats. You could easily slide down for like five ten dollars and not really pay all that much <laughs> and enjoy a half piece of basketball game, even though they mm -hmm. you knew they weren't going to win. That's correct. So, so not on the last show, I went on a rant about this stat that that we've been uh -oh. seeing a lot on television about Terry and Kelly getting the 20 point consecutive games mm -hmm. and, and why we should stop focusing on that stat, because behind that stat is a lot of sadness, both <laughs> historical and, you know, in the present. OK, but I also yeah. have another rant that I haven't gotten to yet. But this reminds me of the whole pizza deal is these tweets that are celebrating double doubles by Mason Plumley and Nick Richards coming up on the timeline after double digit losses. And I've got Mason Plumley and Nick Richards smiling at me and, and telling me about half off pizza. Like, stop with this. This is, this is the crazy level of trolling that is happening with these double, double choice. I can't take it anymore. Please stop. Now, 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 hold on. I have one question on that, Doug. Are you just mad because you can't participate because you're not in the area to take advantage of this pizza? <laughs> yes, because yes, I'm. I'm yeah. outraged. That's it should you should you they should develop some kind of sort of absentee ballot system where I get some kind of card <laughs> that I can apply for that I could show to my local Domino's retailer and say, "Hey, look, no, I am a, a certified Hornets fan with an absentee ballot." Please give me some discounted pizza.
This is one I have of those, to, like, and then I would show them the picture of Mason Plumley's face and say, "This is I watched forty plus minutes of this. Give me pizza," and they'll say, "Yes, right, of course." All right, just go. take the pizza at that point. Just take it. We'll give it to you. <laughs> Please for leave, like, crazy person. Like Doug, you are one. Like you are like we're like a shade away from. Are you owed a cash settlement for watching the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> yes. Like we're really like we're like we're really close. Mm-hmm. Really close. And we don't have to pay fees unless we win our case. I think that's 100%. And so I, I've got plenty of film, baby. i got plenty, <laughs> plenty of evidence that we have watched all the Charlotte Hornets basketball in the world. All right, thanks for making us your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today for the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Check out every Hornets boxscore.com also check out a college basketball podcast ion college basketball where nada edwards produces nada we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks man absolutely see you soon thanks again for joining us have a great rest of your day